Ladies and gentlemen, the Chris Roach Show. What's up, everybody? That's Mike Nicolia's uh, chin. And uh, he's, uh, yeah. Intern, producer, studio owner, Michael Nicolia, setting things up. And we're just about ready to rock and roll. And then we're going to officially start the Chris Roach Show. In, in 30 seconds yeah like i see when people do instagram live sometimes they do it and they wait for people to jump on because yeah, people start jumping on like you know rub rub i was rubbing in a tub bam 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 i'm banning and bam what happened oh i'm sorry yeah that's stupid uh i don't worry about instagram today then Instagram, Instagram. We'll do an Instagram next week. You can. It's amazing what this kid does. This Mike Nicole is something else. So, hey, listen, if you're, if you're watching already, uh, Mike's going to be reviewing the comments on Facebook. Right now he's setting up. It's a, uh, oh, Chris. Yeah, I don't want to say my password live on, uh, not that anybody's going to. You know, somebody created a bogus account of me. Uh, what do you call it? Shit. They created a bogus account under my name. It was like Chris Roach official or something like that. And uh, they started friend requesting people on Instagram. I guess I should be flattered that uh, someone's trying to make a a Facebook account, trying to take all, I don't know, what, what is the like thought process on something like that? We're going to steal all your friends and become you. After like four people realize it's not me, they report the guy, but I don't know. Maybe it just takes one person to trying to, uh, I guess they try to contact people on um, direct message and try to get them to give them their credit card numbers. I don't know. It's a crazy world we live in now, people. It's a crazy world we live in. So, anyway. We're live on your Instagram. We're live on Facebook. Wow. So we're live on instagram no we're live on facebook here we're live on instagram on my phone over there this is crazy this is crazy we're gonna go live on my what happened to myspace so now nicole what's up everybody thanks for signing in we're just getting started here the chris roach show in. we're in the man studios the mike anthony michael anthony, anthony nicolia studios here on long island and we're just starting up. You know what? It's official. We've already started. This is episode 24, right, Mike? Yes, sir. Here we go. This is episode 24 of the Chris Roach Show. Thanks for signing in, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in on Facebook and Instagram. We're here. We're going to do a quick little show. Uh, normally, we do it on Wednesdays, but I was performing in uh, who's he Wattits this week. New Jersey first, Sea Isle, New Jersey, beautiful place. And then Ventnor uh, at a place called Nucky's, which was uh, based on the character Nucky Thompson from Boardwalk Empire. If you watch that, 
It was a really cool place next to a movie theater. And these were uh, Soul Joel gigs. Mr. Soul Joel Richardson, one of my best buds, who puts on fantastic gigs. Uh, if you're in the Pennsylvania area, check out the Soul Joel Dome. Go to Soul Joel on Instagram. He puts out some serious shows at that dome, man. And he's been doing it throughout the whole pandemic because they're outdoor shows in the winter. He went right through, I mean, February, December, January, February. He had heaters out there and they were phenomenal shows, phenomenal shows. I did a few. I, I took a ride. Uh, you know, listen, I, I, don't, I don't have an ego. At least I don't think I do. And I don't, I don't care. It, like, for instance, I open for a few people up there. I do headline, but I'll, I'll open for one of my friends just to hang out with him. Gary Valentine. I, we took a ride out together, Adam Ferrara, just to hang out with these guys. Last night, I opened for Chris Monty, one of my best friends in comedy, um, at Governor's on Long Island, just to uh, just to hang out with him. And I did like 30 minutes, and uh, it was an older crowd. It's so funny. You go up there as a comedian, you're like, I'm going to do all my new stuff. I'm going to do my stuff that I'm going to do at the Comedy Cellar. This is edgy. This is cutting-edge stuff I'm going to do. And then you go up there, and... The people with the white hair are looking at you like, what the hell are you talking about? Then I'm like, hey, who likes Cinnabons? <laughs> right to the old stuff. Right to the old stuff. I did a joke that has been doing very well in the city. And oof, I feel like I lost the crowd. You know, it was just a joke about my dad when he used to guard President Kennedy. He used to be like, I used to guard President Kennedy. He used to tell us when he was having a few drinks. I used to go on President Kennedy. And I'm like, well, how'd that turn out? Right. They didn't appreciate that last night, but. Um, we well, we talked about that joke uh, when Trusen came in last week. Yeah. Yes. It's, you know, it just, you know, I was just me teasing my dad. And my father gave me carte blanche to make fun of him. He, he He's a lot of my act and he enjoys it. He enjoys the, uh, but it was fun. We, you know, he, he was, my father really wasn't guarding President Kennedy when he was shot. He was guarding him uh, at Camp David, as the Marines do. And, uh, you know, he had a couple of stories of interacting with Kennedy. It's so funny, he said, at first, you're like, oh, my God, it's President Kennedy. And uh, when he spoke to him, he called his mother and said, like, Mom, I just spoke to President Kennedy. Then after a while, it's like, this fucking guy again. <laughs> <laughs> at least he wasn't driving the convertible. Right, what do you want now? Okay, you're leaving? All right, goodbye. Um, yeah, oof, my God. But... You know, as a comedian, you uh, have to know your room. You have to know your room. And it's good to, you know, peek at the room before a show. Uh, you peek at the room and uh, I can't hear myself as much. Is this yeah. this one? Yeah, that one. The one. No, not that one. Yeah, I think it's two. There, there we go. go. There we go. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Chris. We're getting better every week. Anyway, as a professional comedian, you got to peek at the room and give yourself an idea. You look at the age group and... Uh, for instance, when I would perform at the Borgata, and those shows are, you know, all week. And I noticed that, you know, say Tuesday, <clears throat> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you would see a lot more gray and white hair, which means, listen, you know what they want. They, they, they're they not crazy about the cursing. And they, they should want to go along for the ride, whatever you say. And they, you know, they want to have fun. Um, and, but I knew on the weekends, that's when you could really cut loose and, you know, do this uh i don't know whatever edgy material you think you have but um sometimes it's good to know your crowd they always say as a comedian right for the room you want to perform in right for the room you want to perform in and i feel like a lot of my writing now is for the comedy cellar because i'm having so much fun in there it's such a great club 
Yes, and, uh, if if no one heard, Chris Roach is now passed at the Comedy Cellar. Yeah. So if you look at their website, yeah. you can catch R- Chris Roach at the Comedy Cellar on McDougal Street and also on West 3rd around the corner at the Village Underground. Also, oh, just, just not this week, just not this week, but, but, but pretty week. soon we're uh, we're looking forward to that. But yeah. uh, I want to tell everyone uh, on our live streams, Roach Comic live stream, my page. Then we got your Facebook fan page. Please follow us on the Chris Roach show on Instagram at the Chris Roach show. Yes, we have a separate Instagram page. Hi, Mike Nicole's peoples. Yes, we got Hannah Vat saying hi. That's my cousin's friend. Hi, Hannah. Yes, you can read that from here. I can. Then Jeez. I got I got LASIK yes. back in December, <laughs> and then I did have, you really get LASIK? I did. I gotta get LASIK, man, because it's like, oh my god, my my right eye is like so blurry. Right. Um. I, I mean, beaten. dude, I got an evaluation after the surgery, and they told me that my vision was twenty eighteen. What does that which mean? Which is better than twenty twenty? Is that humanly? So you're like a robot. I'm an eagle. You do have to wear those glasses, those dark glasses for, uh, for a whole day. Like you couldn't look at the sun or some shit. Like yeah, that. I had like plastic taped to my face over my eyes. Wow. But I mean, dude, it was only like two days of healing and then I was OK. Uh, that was something that happened. We have. William M. Lannon. Sounds good, Chris. Look for looking forward to seeing you soon. What's up, then Bill? Paul Bernard will do. Um, I also just wanted to make a special shout out sure. to one of our loyal, loyal listeners since episode one. Oh, yes. Who be that? Who be that? And that is Kevin Joyce. Hey, Kevin Joyce. Yes. But thank so, you so much. Sarah. We want to thank Kevin Joyce for listening. Yes, and thank you for all of our fans. Like we are able, we're we're able to see on the um app on the um what the hell's the app we do a podcast? <laughs> oh, through? Anchor. Anchor through the Anchor app, it tells you. Where all the fans are. Of course, the majority of them are in New York, the United States, not just New York, yeah, New York, New, New, New York, but the United <laughs> States. But we have like a listener in the Philippines, some Canadians. It's so cool. It's so cool. We got listeners from around the world. And uh, big announcement, big announcement coming up here. We, we go. just got 1,000 total listens for the Chris Roach show thank you so baby. much thank you thank, thank you, you to all of our listeners and thank you mike thank you for all your hard work we're trying yeah every every time um, it gets better yeah so this is going to be a quick one because uh who's that it's us uh, flexing the uh, muscles i got a show uh about a half hour from here it's always great when you perform close to home because you can still go you can still go in your own bed and you could watch uh I don't know whatever series you're watching because uh, I mean last the, the the places I stayed in the last couple of days were nice in Jersey, but there's nothing like your own bed. Mm. The Wednesday night bed was I, I think it felt like a Tempur-Pedic bed. I was sinking sinking in it, and it started annoying my back after a while. And then, right, and then the next bed on the next night was perfect. These are the conversations you have with the other comic as you're driving. How'd you sleep? How was the bed? Oh my back and uh, that this bed was nice, but the AC wasn't working in this room. Um, have you tried my pillow? I here's something funny. I actually brought a pillow with me. If even when I'm flying, I always bring my my pillow with me, or I bring a pillow with me. Um, I did bring the my pillow with me to this gig. Not even thinking I'm bringing the my pillow. I just I like the pillow because it really does support your head nicely. It's very, you know, it really does support my. I got a big noggin. And the you my, do have a big noggin. And the my pillow just really supports it nice. Where you know, some of the other pillows you gotta you know, bend and blah blah blah. But these are uh the night pillow is pretty good. And I, I don't know, there's something uh I'm always concerned that I'm not gonna have enough pillows for my large frame. 
And there are times I've stayed in hotels where I've called the front. I'm like, do you have any pillows you can send up? And because I need about like, let's see, I have one that I go between my legs. I have one that goes under my arm. Like I kind of like, I don't know, spoon it. And I have like two to go under my head because I'm wide. And uh, yeah, I need about, I need a good four, five pillows to sleep good with this body. And there's also times where here's another thing. I pack, I bring a pillow with me as so a pillow under my arm and I have my suitcase for, it's like an overnighter. And I always pack my fan, I have a Vornado fan. How many people, you know, pack a kind of like a, de a desk fan or like a, like a no, industrial it, fan. It's I would say it's about, uh, maybe like, like a desk fan. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, well, desk fans are tiny. Right. So uh, a little, the next step above. Yeah. Maybe like 18 inches tall, maybe okay. a little smaller. But this is, you know, I need that white noise. And there are times I've forgotten the fan and I've used the white noise app, which is not bad. Although that drains your phone, you have to make sure it's hooked up. There are times I've called the front desk and I'm like, do you guys, uh, you guys have a fan? They're like, what? No, you know, I, I sleep studies. I've had three sleep studies in the last, say, 20 years. And I knew going into my last sleep study, I knew I, I brought my pillow and I brought my fan because I needed the noise. And I said, I don't know if this is weird, but I brought my fan. I don't even really care. I'm like, this, this is what helps me sleep. First of all, I, I put a picture of myself on Instagram of during my sleep study. They hook you up to, to all these wires. There's a microphone under your nose. There's one on your throat. There's all these probes on your head and your legs and your chest. Every time you want to go to the bathroom, they have to come and unhook you. And you carry this little box with all these, like, like say, 20 wires. Right. Like a motherboard. Yeah. So they hook all this stuff. And I went for the sleep study. And all of a sudden, it was probably about, like, 10 o'clock at night. The guy comes in. He goes, all right, lights out. I'm like, lights out. I'm a comedian. I don't go to bed till, like, 3 in the morning. What do you mean, lights out? And um, the sleep study was from, like, say, I got there at 9, lights out at 10. And they wake you up around 6 or 7 to go home, 6 or 7 a.m. And they did get enough um i guess they did get enough data to uh well he said he goes we got what we needed and i think i fell asleep for like two hours and that was it but they got enough data and i got my new sleep apnea machine coming i think next week which i can't wait because i've been sleeping without a cpap machine because there was a major major recall of this foam that's in this uh phillips what's it called the dream station there's a foam in there that is supposed to keep the machine silent and that foam has been breaking down and they thought that it was going into the air, the lungs of some people and causing lung irritations. And it was a, uh, so it was a massive recall. Let's ask our listeners. Does anyone out there have sleep apnea? I, I think my age range is going to be maybe in the beginning stages of that. Yes. So uh, for our Facebook people, because people that are older, Yes, it's okay. Use Facebook. That's what I'm finding out. People that are older use Facebook, and uh, the younger generation is TikTok. Right. And uh, are there anyone in their 20s on yes. my page? Are there anyone in their 20s that have sleep apnea? Sleep uh, apnea. Talk to us. Sometimes. Ask us questions. We got we got a full forum here for Chris Roach. Yeah. Sometimes you can look at someone. And like, there was a, a comedian friend of mine. I don't want to say his name, but he was he's a heavy guy. And I'm looking at him and go, dude, you got sleep apnea. He goes, I don't. I'm like, really? really he didn't have sleep apnea but uh i remember my first sleep study i went for the nurse looks at me and she goes you and this is like this is a joke i do on stage she's like you got sleep apnea and i was like how do you know i got sleep apnea she goes chinek i was like what do you mean chinek 
She said, you, you don't have a chin or a neck. You have a chin neck. And that's one of the signs. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, man. Screw you, lady. That means I'm doomed. Well, how old are you now? <laughs> 27. I realized I had sleep apnea when I was about 31 years old. I just met my wife and she said to me something that, you know, clicked the light bulb in my head. She said, you stop breathing when you sleep. And I really, normally I wouldn't have paid it any mind, but then I realized, I, I remembered, I'm like, wait a second, my ex-girlfriend said the same thing. So after, you know, it's a good thing if you're, if you're promiscuous, you could find, uh, find out you have sleep apnea quicker by having different bed partners. <laughs> we, right. We have our, I don't have those. Uh, we have our listeners uh, chiming in here on Facebook. I'm going to read some of the comments. Paul Bernard, this was exactly how my sleep study went when I was stationed in Hawaii. Thank you for serving, Paul Bernard. What's up, Paul? I've been using the Resmez AirSense 10 CPAP. I think that's one I hope I'm getting that next week, Paul, the Resmed AirSense. And then we have Nancy Candle, my husband, but he's claustrophobic and won't use a CPAP. I don't a lot think of people can't. A lot I don't want can't. I don't want to use one either. I uh, don't blame him. A lot of people can't. And I'm actually going to uh, I'm been seeing doctors for this new procedure called Inspire, where they put a pacemaker in your right chest and they run a wire to your throat and you turn it on at night. And when your throat goes to collapse, it gives it a little jolt and it shoots your tongue forward, which is very attractive for the person next to you to look at hey but anything you know sometimes that, that mass just suffocates you man okay uh, uh i'm sorry after that richard thornton called us old souls and to say hi to tommy tommy who that's probably my brother what's up rich tommy roach that's my brother oh yeah cool um so after, what time is it because we got to make sure we uh, it we're, is we're good uh, we're good we're good yeah. on time was it 6 11 yeah yeah i have a show after this uh with joseph d'onofrio and uh, so let's talk about him. Wasn't he in Bronx Tale? He was in Bronx Tale. He was in the movie Bronx Tale and he was in the movie. What movie is that? Uh, what was the one with uh, Chaz Palminteri? Bronx Tale was one of them. That uh, was Bronx Tale. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was Bronx Chaz Tale. Was and Bronx Goodfellas. So and Jeff. Goodfellas. And uh, he played a young Joe Pesci in Goodfellas. Yes. And in Bronx Tale, he played one of uh, C's friends. You know, the main character, Cologio. Cologio? Yeah, C. Yeah, he was the guy. He was like, he's, he's buying the guns. He goes, I feel like I want to fucking shoot somebody. <laughs> That's my favorite scene in the movie. Right. Is that what? Mario. Is that Mario? Uh, doesn't he say give him the Mario test? Or is that the other guy? Yeah. I don't know. No, That's that embarrassing. Was, this is a no, live feed. That was the other guy. The guy oh. with the, 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 the BJ test. You push your the head Mario down. Mario test. You, you push your head down. She can't be trusted. Yeah, it's the Mario test. Oh, uh, and that wasn't him. He's, no. the, he's the other guy. He's the, oh, yeah. He's the other guy in the friend group. I feel like I want to shoot somebody. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they all got set on fire. Oh, did I hope I didn't ruin the movie for anybody. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Uh, Nancy, Chris, we saw you at Governors on Long Island a few years back, and we love you. Oh, thank you so much. You are loved, Chris Roach. It's good to be loved, man. I'll tell you that much. Paul Bernard says, I would highly recommend that one. My sleep apnea is pretty severe. And this one helps me so much. Can't sleep without it. Sleep well, Paul. You know what? I've been using CPAPs for 20 years, and there are some people who tell me they can't sleep without it. And I'm like, what does that mean? What does that mean? Because sometimes I, I, I've been battling them for years. I wake up, and it's on the floor. I just get overwhelmed with that air. It's like you're being raped by air. Ooh. But, but they they, they're so advanced now where they can program it to where you when you exhale, it stops pushing air. It's just amazing. So when you breathe in, it pushes air in. And when you breathe out, it stops. So you can breathe out normally. It's really amazing. 
um, technology. But sleep apnea is so it's so common. I feel like it's around the corner for me. Well, I'm doomed. You'll know. First, it starts out with the snoring, like when you're in your 20s. I remember my I remember my father, especially after I went out drinking. He goes to me, was there a wild animal in your room last night? I'm like, no. What do you mean? He goes, I just sound like there was you were beating a wild animal, I guess, because my snoring. And that's the big thing. It starts with snoring and it just gets worse than that. I guess that muscle, whatever stuff inside your neck just loosens. And, you know, it can be weight related, but I lost 60 pounds and I still have it. Thank you. Oh, so it's not 50. It's 60. 60. Anyone else lose weight out there? I know I haven't. Uh, anyone else lose weight out there? How much have you lost? Mike, you're being such a. <laughs> Everyone said, you know what people were saying to me three times yesterday? They go, Mike, oh, my God, have you lost weight? And I go, no. You're being such a radio should, producer right now. Should, should, shouldn't I say, shouldn't I say yes to but be polite, right? I remember. Yeah, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. For the last like three years, I would say on stage that I oh, so I lost some weight, blah 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 blah. But I didn't lose weight. You know, that makes you think. Like when you haven't lost weight in three years, but people keep coming up to you and say you lost weight. I think people generally just want to say something nice, right? And and it's, that's like <laughs> and that's I like I'm shutting them down because I'm like, nah, I haven't. I think I gained weight actually. That, that's like the go-to. <laughs> I would say no. I'm I actually I bought larger size shirts or I, I'm wearing black, <laughs> right? But it's, you know, I think people generally want to be nice. And uh, what's interesting, I, I was driving with my wife and uh, I think somebody like cut us off or something like that. And she said that she noticed since social media has gotten so big over the last year, over the last year, over the last years, let's just say, let's just throw out the last seven years, and right? Social media. She says that she noticed that the people, the driving has changed. It's almost as if there's more like people don't give a crap about anybody. It's, it's really aggressive on the roads it lately. Was, it, it was never, I used to say it wasn't aggressive. Like we live on Long Island and there was a way to, I used to say when you drove from Suffolk County where we live to Manhattan, it was like an evolutionary chart. It changed, your driving style changed from Suffolk to Nassau, Queens started getting a little more aggressive. But then when you got into the cities with all the taxis, you, you yeah, you have to take you're going you, to war. Yeah. When you're in the city, you have to take an attitude like, go ahead, hit me, because if you show any fear in your driving in the city, you, they they'll, you. they'll cut you off and you'll yeah. be stuck behind a barricade. Yeah, they'll put you right and they don't care. That's the, the taxi drivers are so aggressive. And but Suffolk County was usually like a mellow very relaxing you, drive. You, you drive into the city every time you go. Yeah, I like driving. So, the so you go through the midtown. I do, but I try to save on tolls, which... Uh, so you do the 59th? 59th Street Bridge, or I'll take the BQE to the Williamsburg uh, if I'm performing downtown. Right. Um, but I have noticed, and I said to her, I said, is it the driving's gotten more aggressive, or have we gotten older and we're noticing things like that? And she says, no, it's gotten more aggressive. And that made me start thinking how social media has affected us good and bad and i know there's a lot of articles written about it which i probably should have read some on the way here and i think good how has social media affected us in a good way fundraising yeah fundraising Listen, especially for ziggy John, almost 40 grand bob nelson who we just had a fundraiser for him not we but we just had a fun uh when i say we i mean the comedy community governors they had a fundraiser for him which was arranged by george gallo at uh, Governor's in Levittown, and they were able to raise money for Bob Nelson. If you go to my Facebook page, just scroll down a little bit, you'll see a link 
for Bob Nelson. There's a GoFundMe page and you can still donate to that. And uh, on August 12th, we have a monster show with governors and that's going to be featuring uh, myself. It's got uh, Joey Col Cola, Joey Cola, Colin Quinn, uh, Mike Vecchione. It's a, it's a tremendous Joe DeVito, Mick Tom. It's a tremendous show. Tremendous. And that's going to be August 12th and Thursday at Governor's here on Long Island. So that's a good thing that I think social media also during times of crisis uh, where people could check in on Facebook. There's a check. They would check in, check it in. You know, I'm, I'm safe. I'm safe. So there's a lot of good that social media has done. And then you look at the cyberbullying. Yeah. Where it's just relentless where I know I have a friend, I'm not going to rat him out, but I have a friend that creates a, created a bogus account just so he can attack people. I have I have a friend that does that also. Well, we won't say the guy's name. But no, I don't. Name. I don't. No, it's not the same. I went to high school with this guy. But but he he does it on purpose. To, my, he, it's called trolling. Trolling. Yeah. My trolling. Mother, my mother used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And now people can say whatever they want. I remember this was about ten years ago. I was working with I think it was Lenny Marcus, comedian Lenny Marcus, funny mofo. And he said something I won't forget. He goes, he's, he started noticing back then when I was working with him at Governor's, he goes, I'm noticing now with social media, Facebook was probably still kind of newish. No, maybe not. Or, or was Facebook maybe, like 2007, 2008. Yeah. All right. Well, it was still fairly maybe 2006. It wasn't, you, really... you know, there was no TikTok. There was no Instagram. It was either you had Facebook or you were still stuck on MySpace. Right. But he said that he noticed as a comedian, that when he was performing at comedy clubs, he noticed throughout, as it started getting more and more popular, that people were screaming out more, where an audience knew that their job uh, was to just go along for the ride and enjoy it. And now he said that everybody feels as if their opinion matters, which they should, which they should to a point. But when you're sitting in a comedy club and you have something to say and you just go, and, and the, the guy's performing. And a lot of uh, most comedians have written material that's been tweaked on audience after audience after audience. And all you have to do is a, an audience member is go along for the ride. Now, there are some comedians that are master crowd work guys that I'm very I'm always impressed when I see like uh, uh, Ryan Reese or uh, uh, um, Greg Rogel, the guy in the city. Like, these guys are just unbelievable. J Big J. Okerson, master crowd work guys. And. How but, about when Big J got dragged off the stage at Soul Joe? Oh my God! Yeah. Oh my, that was horrible. I thought he was. I thought it was really hurt. But, um, I guess okay. So these people, Lenny Marcus said back then, he, everybody feels like their opinion matters, which they should. But some opinions should be kept to yourselves. Um, I went through the police academy when I was twenty-one years old. Wow, long time. No, before uh, not the police academy. I was getting a physical to go for the police academy. And I remember it was the part where we all have to bend over and they just check your ass. You know, they're like, bend over, drop them, spread them and drop them. They want to make sure you have no hemorrhoids. Oh, you know, back then people used to go, they want to make sure you're not gay. I'm like, you know, that was like a, a I don't know if that was ever true with the military. I'm like, how are they going to tell you gay by looking like your, your butthole supposed to be like wide open? I don't know. It was oh, like, wow. All it right. Was, it, was, it was such a stupid thing that people would say. They were checking for hemorrhoids. Um, so I remember this officer said, 
um, right before we dropped our drawers, they were bringing us in like 20 at a time, right before we dropped our drawers, the cop said, there'll be several times in your life where you are required to say nothing. Now is one of those times. I'll ne I don't know why that always stuck with me after all these years. There'll be several times in your life where you'll be required to say nothing. Now is one of those times. And it's almost as if people that that's that's lost on a lot of people and everybody's like man like uh here's a here's a story that always upsets me mick thomas i'm, I'm listening i'm just messing up uh i'm fixing something on the live go ahead right. mick thomas is another long island comedian he's from ireland he lives here now one of my best friends mick thomas uh was was seen at governor's comedy club on long island by the somebody from the conversation company big company they manage uh ray romano and they rory rosegarden the owner saw mick thomas and took a liking to him and uh took mick under his wing and he still has helped mick out um it makes like that close to just boom exploding so he gets this spot at caroline's in new york city um on a on a special show and rory sets it up and he gets a spot on this show. Now, Caroline's is an A club in New York City. Big moment. He invites Rory, who's got monster connections, invites people from, I think, CBS to come out and watch him. Like, you know, network bigwigs. He's like, you got to see this guy. He's funny. Mick's act is all about his life and coming here to, to, to New York and living here now, marrying, marrying a New Yorker. And he's in the middle of it. He has this funny bit where he says, because he now he's an American citizen. He goes, and now that I got to tell you, now that Amer now that I'm an American citizen, now he goes, now that I'm an American citizen, let's get rid of all, all these, these foreigners. foreigners. It's a joke. It's a joke. And one guy sitting in the front row felt compelled because he's probably this guy always spewing out his opinion left and right. He felt compelled at this shout out. Oh, that's not wrong. That's that, that's right. That's wrong because. People, blah, 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 and you don't understand. And Mick's looking at him like, it's a fucking joke. I'm a comedian. You're in a comedy club. It's a joke. And the irony is he was a foreigner. Now he's he's a U.S. citizen. So let's get rid of Garrett. Get it? Get it? It's a fucking joke. And this guy ruined, ruined Mick's golden opportunity to showcase himself in right. front of network people because this one asshole and I, I really listen how often do you see me get upset i don't get upset very you often don't. but when i tell that story it pisses me off because how hard mick works the man has a nine to five job at a bank he's got a wife and two kids and he works harder at comedy than i know a lot of people that are full-time comedians and he works that hard for to have that magic moment to be ruined by one asshole. I would love to find out who this guy is. I would love, I, 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 you know, I just wish I was there that night. But you hear stories about that all the time. Yikes. Uh, you hear stories about Sorry, that all Mick. the time. No, I remember when I was a younger comic on a smaller scale, I was a younger comic and I was in New York City. I got a call back at a comedy club and I was like, oh my God, I got a call back. I think it was like New York Comedy Club back then. Uh, and it was, it was like, I'm telling you like, 15 years ago and i got a callback and so i go for my callback and a, a common thing is at callbacks a lot of a lot of comedians bring their friends 
And even like, like John Trusen and you, you do these comedy contests that you're helping John with. And you, he tells the audience, listen, don't just cheer for your friend. Cheer for everybody. Cheer for everybody. But so I go up there, I get my moment, and the four girls in the front row are not even paying me any mind, which is fine, which is fine. But they turn the two. One girl has her back to me in a room that fits like thirty people. One girl has her back to me, and she's talking to a friend at normal conversation volume, to the point where after like you know, there's a, a term in this business called plowing, which means you just focus on your material and plow and just deliver it. So I'm plowing for like a minute and a half. And then finally I had to say something. I had to stop the five minutes that I had, I had to stop it two minutes through and say, um, everything. Okay. Yeah. It's not like I'm like, I have a call back here and this is an audition for me. Um, is everything okay? And it just kind of made the room weird after that. Um, I mean, there are comedians that, again, these master crowdwork guys will tear them apart. I, one time at, Gov at McGuire's in Levittown, I made a woman cry. Oh, poor and lady. Me, me. Poor lady. And I'll tell you what happened. Uh, and I just, and I said to myself, I will never attack an audience member again. Cause I, that's not me. That's not my, that's not the person who I am. That's not my nature. But this woman was drunk and she was, it was like, a cavalcade show on a Sunday. There was eight comedians, and she was being really mean to a lot of comedians, right? And she had one sister that was drunk and that was being very chatty. And I think I told her sister, hey, I said, "Hey, Airhead, um, there's a show going on here," and it, you know, it got laughs, right? Her sister, protecting her sister, the older sister comes in and goes, "You suck," which is like, all right, can you think of anything more original to tell a comedian than other than "You suck"? She goes, "You suck. You stink." And I'm like, all right. So then I keep doing the act and the audience is laughing. But the whole time she's like saying at a very low volume, you're horrible. Get off the stage. That's not funny. That's stupid. And finally I stopped and I looked at her. And the first thing that caught me was she had big teeth. And I said, hey, horse teeth. I said, hey, horse teeth. The audience is enjoying themselves. Can you please keep it down? And I, I finished my act the, and the audience, you know, the audience, the person's being an asshole when the audience erupts into applause, when you attack an audience member, that's being an asshole. So <laughs> I go outside and one, and this happens a lot when you have an audience member, that's an asshole. Somebody from the party will come up and apologize. So this woman comes up to me and she goes, I just want to apologize for my friend's behavior. She's going through a lot. Her and her husband are going through a separation, and you don't understand. They called her horse teeth in high school. Oh. Oh. That just proves that Chris Roach knows what's funny. And she was, she was crying. I, I when I after the show, I saw her crying, and and I feel like a bastard. And I said, you know what? I'll, I'll never go in the audience member. I'll never, I'll never go with somebody like that again. But. You know, sometimes I wonder, you know, there have been a few audience members like um, what's the name? Let me check the time. We're doing OK. Yeah, we're doing OK. So uh, Dennis Rooney and I were performing in Sea Isle, New Jersey. Beautiful town. Nice gig. Nice place. Nice people. Was that was that what you were doing this week? Yes, we were there on Wednesday. Beautiful. And there was a woman there that was so drunk 
And the first guy goes up is Canal. Canal's a crowd work guy. So he's engaging her and she starts talking back to him. But then after that, it was like, that was it. She never stopped throughout the whole show. And even when people shushed her or the, or, or, or wait, one of the wait staff came behind and said, please, would you keep your table conversation down or stop talking to the comedian while he's in the middle of a bit, like everything I talked about any, any, like, Hey, I'm going on vacation with my family. Oh, where are you going? Uh, uh, they went to the out of bank. So my father's coming in. Oh God. Oh God. Like she would like, just had a comment to say everything wow. I said. She was like breaking the flow. Like comedians, we have a rhythm. We have a rhythm and we get into this rhythm and we're hitting them with the jokes and the jokes. And she was just like stepping on that rhythm to the point where I, and I saw this happen with Bobby Collins, Bobby Collins, a pro doing it well over 30 years. Somebody yelled out at a show I was with Bobby with a few weeks ago and they yelled something out and he goes, what did you say? And they said, blah, 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 blah. and he goes, yeah, okay. And then he continued his act. Like yeah. <laughs> he, he just dismissed that person and their drunken uh, point of view. He just dismissed them and he moved on. And that person knew, okay, I'm an asshole and I shouldn't have spoken. And the audience, we all moved on and it was a great show. Um, this woman was not getting the hint whatsoever. Paul Bond says, don't go to a comedy show to talk. You're asking for it. Thank you, pa Paul Bond, veteran comedian, hysterical comedian. What's up, Paulie? Thanks for listening, Paul. What's up, Paulie? We were hanging out at the brokers the other night. Great up, dude. Paulie? Great dude. Hey, Paul, we just sat down. And uh, I, I <laughs> every time I see Paul, it reminds me of this joke uh, I used to do about how old Kiss fans are. And... Uh, Peter, Peter, uh, Paul Stanley, the lead singer is so incredible. He has all this energy. He's like, I want everybody on their feet for this next song. Like I heard some guy down the aisle goes, Hey, Paul, we just sat down. <laughs> and, uh, but Paul, Paul Bond knows he, that guy's a veteran. Um, I was at, uh, Paul, I was at, um, he said, LOL, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I was at the, the comedy cove and I, here's another scenario I see too at comedy shows that, People, and I'm not going to say just women, but these ha they happen to be just women. They were four women, men too, when they get together. Now, if you haven't seen your friends in a while and you want to go to a comedy show, go get appetizers or somewhere or go somewhere beforehand and catch up and then go to the show. What happened was these ladies were catching up during the show and they, had, they, they were excited to see each other. I saw them when they walked in, they greeted each other, they hugged each other and they wanted to catch up and they were told to be quiet about four or five times to the point where, and this is another thing you see a lot when you get the drunk patron that's been shushed and now all of a sudden they're offended. I want to see the manager. I want to see the manager. Do you know who my husband is? I want to see the manager. And it's just a big problem. And I feel bad for the owners or managers of a comedy club when that happens. I really do. It's, it's just a tough situation. So um, the topic is, or the topic was, how has social media changed us as a society for good and bad and the good i said of course with the fundraisers and things like that the bad is as people um we all think that our opinion matters which it does which it does but no one to know when it's time like that guy told me when i was about to show the doctor my anus because that's what happens he, we all had to pull up underwear down. We bent over and he looked at our buttholes before you, it, it was one of the, it was part of the physical to get in the NYPD. He says, 
There'll be several times in your life when you'll be required to say nothing. Now is one of those times. When you're seeing a show is one of those times. Correct. I always felt bad for the couple that the hardworking young couple that is just making ends meet. They have a new baby and they paid a babysitter to go to see, out to go out and you ruin their night because you're a bad audience and, member. and the, I, I try to think of the husband he's like oh my god my wife she just gave birth to a child she's working so hard she's maybe she has a little postpartum she needs a night out i gotta take my wife out for a night on the town and you're laughing you're having a good time maybe you, had, you got some food you laugh and all of a sudden 10 feet away from you here yeah dude and the show has just changed direction. Um, one time I was with, uh, and this is a buddy of mine, Harry Friedman. He used to have this room at uh, called Page One Restaurant. And one time, Do doctor, doctor, doctor Harry Friedman. And one time, <laughs> there was a table of men and women uh, that were having such a good time, but they were being—I'm trying to think of the right word—raucous, rowdy. They were laughing, rowdy. They were like, ah! Hey, Jimmy, that was you. <laughs> they were having such a good time. And then um, Harry threw him out. Harry threw him out of the show. And I was so impressed. And I remember people saying to me, like, yeah, they're leaving. Like, uh, apparently, you're not allowed to laugh at a comedy show. That You'll hear that one a lot, too, when people are getting thrown out. Apparently, you're not allowed to laugh at a comedy show. But you could see that audience. Let's say it was in a restaurant. There was like 10 round tables that sat about 10 at a table. And you could see sometimes when somebody's being loud and obnoxious, if you, from the from our point of view as a comedian, you could see the body language change from the people around them. They stop smiling, the arms cross, they start looking at the people and rolling their eyes. Harry threw these people out, and I remember just waiting for them to leave. And when they left the show, it became a completely different show. It became a comedy show where everybody came together. And they went along for the ride with the comedian was telling them all these stories. And it was a fantastic show. So there is a, there is a lot of elements to a comedy show. Um, you can't like, you can't just, I mean, you can put a comedy show anywhere, but for a good comedy show, there's a lot of elements that need to pay, take place. And one is that the audience comes together as a whole. There's not a bunch of drunk assholes. So how is, but that was like, man, that was a long time ago. I don't even know Facebook was around back when did Facebook come out 2006 Terry Gagnon you guys are phenomenal love you guys thanks Terry love you and Paul Bunt says that he loved you that was a little while ago love you Paulie he's probably got to go to a gig you guys uh, we I are approaching the 40 minute mark how you feeling Chris wrapping it up Paul Bond I'll say one, one more thing about Paul Bond I never saw anybody sell merch the way this guy does. Wow. He's Hustler. You got to watch how he is. He becomes a carnival barker. He's, if you're a comedian, you want to see how to sell merch, go watch a Paul Bond show and see how he interacts with the people. Bobby Collins, too. They're fantastic at uh, selling merch. Uh, me, I was like, huh, you want to buy a roach club? You don't? Okay, just take one. Go ahead. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Which, by the way, we're going to put a link soon onto the Chris Roach Show Instagram app on how you can buy the roach clips and the Chris Roach Show t-shirts, which will be here soon. And um, yes, interest in t-shirts, reach out to us, email us at the Chris Roach show at gmail.com. Right. Listen, if you have questions or comments about anything we talked about today or, or, or on any other show, please uh, email us at the yes. Chris Roach show. Email or message us if you are specifically interested in a t-shirt and we will be sure to have enough 
you know, maybe let us know you're a size medium, size large, uh, yeah. X, size XLT. Yeah, I'm XLT. There we go. So we got all these sizes, and then we ordered one XLT for the man himself for the Chris Roach show. Yeah, because I'm large and in charge. And tall. Um. Yeah, so, um. again, we uh, went on, on topic, off topic. I'm not on Adderall right now, so it's hard for me to stay on topic. Neither am I. Because technically it's a stimulant, and I'm not supposed <laughs> to have stimulants right now. My cardiologist says, <laughs> beer, beer, I want a freaking beer. All right, uh, that's it. Um, and uh, we have an outro pre-recorded, right? Yes, we do. Uh, we say all our social media and that stuff in the outro. But the outro. Terry McNeely says, I saw Paul Vaughn sell $1,000 in DVDs at the City Steam once. Dude, dude, right? Terry McNeely, great Terry comic. Terry McNeely, I saw him last night. What a guy. Great comic. We love you, Terry. Great comic, doesn't smoke cigarettes at all. No, no cigarettes. I think he quit. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Go to Terry, bring a pack of Lucky Strikes. <laughs> <laughs> or Marlboro's from uh, Aruba, Smoking Kills. Oh, there are some comedians you always love when you bump into them and you're not expecting to see them. He's one of those guys. Yes. Um, so, all right. We, we gotta, love you guys. We got to get going. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Do we have a guest next week? Uh, it would be August, the first week of August. Yeah. No, but for August 15th, we have Goomba Johnny. Oh, yeah. I believe there's one more, one more before Goomba, and I, I, I got to look at my notes. Maybe we, get we, McNe- we got exciting stuff coming up. Maybe we get McNeely on here. Hey. Maybe we will. If he doesn't get us canceled. All right. Hey, listen. Guys, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. And always remember, don't be a douche. All right. St- still live. Still, still live. Okay. We're still live, so I'm going to do that police squad, police story ending. Or... Yes. All right. Let's get out of here. I couldn't stand those people. What? Oh, shit. Hey, everybody, make sure you check us out on Instagram at The Chris Roach Show. Any questions or comments, The Chris Roach Show at gmail.com. Check out my website, chrisroachlive.com. I'm on TikTok, Chris Roach Live, Instagram at Roach Comic. Mike Nicolia, you can check him out on Instagram at Mike Nicolia. And on TikTok, you can find him, Mike Nicolia Comedy. And this is my band, Rich Haven, richhaventhebandcom Check him out. Yeah. You like this shit. Burn the pain.